Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley has over 33 years in the trucking business, moving ag and construction equipment across the country. For more information, go to valleytransinc.com or give Parker a call at 800-657-4910. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast 241. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Aaron. Yes, sir. When was the last time you sent an email to somebody and got something for free? Been a minute. Been a minute? Been so. Well, I can tell you right now, if you're interested in a really awesome gift from the folks at Axon Tire, send an email to marketing at axontire.com and make sure that you mention Moving Iron Podcast and they'll send you a free pair of deerskin work gloves, right? That's fantastic. That is pretty cool. It really is. So just send an email to marketing at axontire.com and make sure that you mention Moving Iron Podcast and the great folks at Axon Tire, Jesse and the gang over there, will send you a uh, very fashionable pair of deerskin work gloves. Check that out. Welcome to winter. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's someday it's going to come, right? There you go. Uh, Valley Transportation has been hauling ag equipment and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all of your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, Ag Direct can finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. So for, for more information, go to Axon. Axon no, go to Axon. Go to agdirect.com, and you can get yourself all of your financing options out there for the world to see. So make sure you check that out at agdirect.com. As you can tell, Aaron Fiddle's back with me here. He's the official co-host of the Moving Iron Podcast, by the way, so... Just gonna go ahead and slap that on there. Just, just waiting for the badge in the mail. That's right. That's right. He had about a. He had about oh, a. Oh shit! What's that? Just like on favorite TV show, I could have a bulletproof vest, and instead of saying livestock commissioner, I could say co-host. <laughs> I can walk around and do whatever the hell I want. As long as we're recording, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you go anywhere else. We'll just do like a yeah. some kind of live feed all the time. You could wear that. If you wore that co-host of Moon Iron Podcast on a on a jacket and took a hundred dollars with you, you could buy you could get a steak anywhere at any steakhouse. Not any, but most. But most. <laughs> most. 
Um, Welcome to the Dutton <laughs> Ranch. <laughs> so, Aaron's on here. It only took him about it's like a like a four year audition for you to get on to be the. Uh, and I still made it. You still made it. Just under the wire, though. Man, that is a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew somebody 6'6 was so damn good at limbo? Yeah, no kidding, right? No kidding. All right. So we've kind of done this four-part series thing for a while. And I think the last part, we've kind of hit the high points of that. We talked about planters. We talked about hay equipment. We talked about tractors. We always talk about combines. So we're not going to necessarily talk about that one. But... Um, other than one little tidbit, what's that? Combines are selling. They are selling. They are fine off the shelf. They're not at auctions. Yeah, they're bringing close to advertised price. Yep. Combines are selling. Combines. I never thought I'd see the day, and yeah. here we are. It is a uh, uniquely welcome to unemployment, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, but believe me, it won't. It won't take long for those suckers to start popping well, up again. Yeah. Necessary evil. It's the uh, what's the what's that old adage? You know, if someone if one person sneezes, somebody else around the world's got the flu. And, I've never heard that. And the uh, combines are that way. Oh yeah. This you don't get a sneeze though. You just wake up with the flu. Right. <laughs> That's how it works. So there you go. So we've done that, and like you said, we talked about combines all the time, and I, I think. 2021 is, is one of those years, kind of just kind of look back on 2021 here and kind of get an idea of a feel of what that looks like and then what trends we see carrying over into 22. And for me, you know, 2021 was a, uh, you know, take all the playbooks you have and, and, and throw them in the trash because there was, there was nothing about 2021 that was uh, at all remotely um, – Sane. Sane or <laughs> like like there was no like there was nothing that you could say that you could look back on historically anywhere. Right. You know, when I my son mows grass for a living and he's fifteen, so living is I'm gonna use air quotes on that. But he has he, one of the lawns he mows is for a local case guy here in town. His name is Kenny uh Shriver. Kenny Shriver. Kenny Shriver, yep. And Kenny Shriver is I want to say like 91 or 2, maybe, 90, something like that. And he's been selling equipment literally longer than I've been alive. He's been selling equipment since 1945 or something like that, right after World War II, right? And he tells me the stories all the time about the first thing he sold was Case Company, you know, J.I. Case. Case. Jerome they, Ernest. <laughs> they were, Jerome Increase. Sorry. They, they, uh, they, uh. They sold these creamers, and these creamers... Cream separators. Cream separators, yep. yep. And he got $25 for one of those he sold. So you think about $25 in 1945, that's kind of a, that's a big deal, right? He made it art of selling those those cream separators. So I asked him, I'm like, Kenny, this is, I've never seen this before, but I've only been doing this for, you know, 15 years. In all of your years of experience... Have you ever seen anything like this where there's no used equipment to sell, no new equipment to sell? Because usually if you've got a bunch of new, you don't might you might not have any used. If you got a bunch of used, you might not have that much new. There's always a yin and a yang. Or right. we got a bunch of everything, the price commodity prices are the same, and we're just gonna sell shit out of everything. Right. And and he goes, I have never in my entire life seen of or heard of anything like this. So if a guy that's been been selling equipment, um, for the better part of two thirds of his life, literally two thirds of his entire life, right. 
<laughs> I got to believe that this was some, some seriously uncharted territory that we never crossed. And all the stuff that I do when I look at, at trend lines and, and how the market's playing out and month over month this and month over month that, um, then we kind of started talking about that in the first of the year. We had those, you know, from January, February, March, we started talking about row crop tractors. Oh, my God, that was the first thing to take off and fly. And here they're just flying off the shelf. And, we, you know, we, we dumped 6,000 units off the, off the retail marketplace in, right. in just a few, in a few months. And we had that thing happen, and then all of a sudden, combines kind of started catching on fire and running, and then all of a sudden, sprayers, which was everybody's favorite dog to kick, um, started taking off and going. And then by the time we get to where we're at today, late December 2021, you step back and take a look at this, and the whole world's on fire. Oh, yeah. And there's not enough fire trucks to put any of that fire right. out. You went in one month period... From a four-wheel drive being the one tractor mm-hmm. available in the wholesale world yeah. to why in the hell did you email me or text me about a four-wheel drive? Are you nuts? Yeah. Are you feeling ill? Right. In one month. Yeah. Yep. Like the one thing you can get to there's no way on earth with your firstborn you can have this. Right. Yep. And the other funny thing, too, was... Just you, insane. Remember how fast... So it's like the combine thing took a while to kind of catch on fire and run. But you remember leading up to that? And then to me, this is like a new canary in the coal mine thing. How fast combine heads went. Corn heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. And platform heads. Especially rigid flex... Or rigid flex drippers. But... I want one of those. Be, can we can we be, build a rigid flex draper? It'd be the single most confusing thing on the planet. I'm so confused. What there. am I supposed to do? It doesn't do shit. <laughs> what I do with my hands? I don't know. <laughs> so if you have if you have that whole thing set up, rigid flex drapers went fast, but corn heads went like that. It was. You it know what was, I mean? It was I, like one week in September. Yeah. And you wake up one morning and this was like Cornheads were selling like people were fighting over cornheads in in May. Yeah. In April. I mean, they hadn't even planted corn yet. And you know what? The but here here is why the market took such a hit. It's because nobody got any new ones. So all the used ones went back out and right. off the advertisement. Huge hit. I know that from personal experience. I had to unsell several, several heads. Well, how, how many how many used corn heads do you have in the market right now? Right now, yeah, I don't know. No, hardly any. I mean, so I mean, that's there you I mean, go. No, one, one dealer in New Mexico has an eight forty three low ten oil bath. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> but you can get a Bish adapter, <laughs> put it on an X nine eighty eight, all the way down to an eighty eight twenty. Yeah, you we're good. <laughs> the problem with putting on the X nine is that the X nine would it would actually eat the head because the, the it probably would the throat is so it's so open. Right. <laughs> Open throat. Hey, how fast are you going that X9 with that 8-year-old corn head? 22 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> if you drive fast enough, it just throws the ears up in the van. <laughs> but if you, if you look at those kind of things, this year had a uh, an oddly... Uh, what's the way to put this? It had like an odd feel to to what was going on because there was some... There was some panic coming into 20, right. one out of 20, because you got to remember, now, all that being said, March of 20, 
right? March yes. of 20. March of 20. The world shut down. Corn hit three bucks, right? Fast forward to March, or sorry, uh, like September, October, and, and corn actually had gained three bucks. And I remember driving to work one day. It's like, corn's going to hit $6 today. Holy crap. Right. And it did. It got to six bucks. And then it went to six fifty something or another. But then it had a quick retreat back down to like five twenty-five, four ninety-eight, right, yeah. something like that. But now it's built back up to where we're at today. Now, there has been so many things happen this year that we had to kind of reinvent the wheel to make things happen. Right. Yeah. Now, not reinvent the wheel in a bad way because I mean, not like there was a bunch of a struggle trying to get things to sell or trying to find um, buyers for anything or those kind of things. You know, I had Tony Laporte on here a couple podcasts ago, and he was talking about the, the you know, what's the cost of uncertainty look like, and I think twenty twenty one was was that has been that so far. Yeah, that's very well put. You know what I mean? It's been like, what I don't know what to do, so it's gonna. I don't know. I'm going to miss out on a deal someplace, or I'm going to miss out on this. or Irrational I'm gonna, behaviors. All the guys that sold their corn for three seventy five coming in to 2020, four bucks, something like that, if they had waited till March, which no one never does, right. right? But hypothetically, had they waited till March and listened to guys like Sean Hackett that were saying, like, don't sell anything till March because we're going to see this big run, they would have sold their corn for seven bucks. We had guys... That had corn in in, Jan- in in January, in March, that were selling stuff at ethanol plants for seven dollars and like eighty cents. You know what I mean? Right. Because they were paying two dollars above the board. Exactly. Because they needed corn. So I don't know the ethanol plant in an area in an area enough, where the basis is bigger than anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Oddly enough, that that ethanol plant manager was. They had a new one come in shortly after that. So I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that was a planned thing or just coincidence. But good job, guys. <laughs> but, but that being said, it was just like a year full of what's going to happen next. Right. Where, where am I? What am I doing? What's the right thing for me to do? I've got so many choices to make right now on so many different things across the board. Which one do I need to prioritize? Where how am I going to prioritize and execute these million different things going on around me? Yeah, and that's what twenty twenty one has been, even till this day. Where oh yeah, it's the whatever the twenty second of December right now. So for basically twelve and a half months, it's been like, all right, today's a new day, and we've got a whole new set of decisions to make that we've never had to make before. What's the right one going to be? Right. It's a crazy year. Absolutely crazy. Crazy in a fun way, though. You know oh, I mean? yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, we're know? in a, in our profession, we're in a bang out. Like, you really can't do anything wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can, but if you it's, just wait long enough, it's, it makes it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. Man, and it wasn't like in for that in May. Oh, welcome to October. Right. I would like that tractor. <laughs> Terrific. Remember, remember in 2014, we were like, all right, so here's what it is today. We think it's going to be here in six months. Yeah. Or it was there in 30 days. Month. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We're like, okay, we're pretty sure in like three months from now it's going to be, bam, based on where we're at now. Okay, three auctions oh. ago it was this, two auctions ago, one auction ago. So That exponential explosion, like from, from like in 2014 of like March of 2014 when all those planners hit the market and threw it through auction. Oh, my God. That exponential explosion of... Okay, this in March the same planner sold for a hundred thousand. 
the exact same planter in September is selling for like forty grand. Right. Hundred thousand dollars swing in planters over it over the course of a year. Oh, so, so bad, so bad. And you couldn't give one. You just could not give one away. No, a twenty-four row planter. Yeah. And look where we are today. Yeah. Didn't matter how old it is because they'll throw whatever on it. Yep. But my God, man, if you're even close for since that day, well, everybody purging them, it worked. Yeah. Hate to say it. It did. Now, when we get back to a normal economy and a normal inventory level in the dealer world, <coughs> normal, which we're always from, right? Everybody go dump your combines quick, and we'll fix the combine problem forever too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's because that's the thing too. That's the one thing that going into twenty two that I'm paying attention to is how fast do combines pile up, and when does that start? It's always the first thing that piles up. Oh, yeah. Always the first thing. I mean, there was a combine problem three years before there was a planter problem. Oh, there was a combine problem decades before there was a planter problem. A perceived combine problem, right? Because we were having those conversations in 2012 and 2013. No, I mean back in the in the 90s. Oh, sure, yeah. The 9600s yeah. that, oh, I bought this two years ago for 150 and now it's worth 35 yeah. Like, holy, that was the ass right. kicking of all time. So, I think at 22... Did the industry learn? No. no. They're called 12s and 13s, and they're referred to often <laughs> on this podcast yeah. without very much love. Yeah, and I, I think... And I don't know if they ever will. I don't think as the industry we're ever going to... All of a sudden, someday, like, a 13's cool? No, no, I don't think... I mean, when it comes to looking at inventory... I think it's going to be hard to ever pull back the rain. You know, I've I've used the analogy several times that in 2012, the the rocket ship was off the rails, and it was just going so hard and so fast straight up that it still had enough, you know, glide path to just keep going and going and going because it took off so fast and so hot and heavy that when it started making that curve back down, we'd already had a problem for two years. Oh, I get it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, think about it. We were taking there was we were auctioning combines in 2012. Oh yeah, 70s were piled yeah. up. You're right. We were taking them to auction, and we were losing thirty and forty and fifty thousand. Hell yes, lots and lots of 70s. Yeah, the golden child now. Yeah, yeah. God, just imagine you put all them in a shed. And, and but what was the driving factor of that? <laughs> On farm income was high. Was buying new. Right. Right. Nobody wanted to buy a used one, right? Yeah. And the guys that did want to buy a used one, I mean, they were few and far between. It was just how it was. But that that trajectory... And was, the world was their oyster. Because oh, sure. Sure. It was. Sitting I mean, around another couple weeks, they might drop the price again. I remember I, I did a... Uh, I spoke at a, uh, at a conference in 2013. I don't remember where it was at. But... I was speaking at it, and I was talking about used equipment, and, hey, we got some issues to start thinking about, and, you know, the leasing thing kind of started to fall into play. And and you mentioned that in 2020, a pandemic would take over the world, <laughs> no, and there would be a massive microchip shortage. It was not quite, not quite that, not quite that in tune to the market. <laughs> but they were, I was talking about, you know, leasing was kind of starting right. to ease its way into the, into the conversation, yeah. right? 
And I remember sitting there, a guy was like, what's the best thing I need to do with my equipment? I'm like, dude, that totally depends on your market. I mean, I can't tell you what the best thing for you, because it's not a cookie cutter, man. Right. What's good for you is not good for me. If you're a high equity person and you want to go to lease stuff, that that's that's not a good idea. Right. Because you've got all this equity that you're going to lose. Run the other way, man. I mean, so your equity position should allow you to run your equipment cheaper because of where you're at equity-wise, right? That, that worked for a couple of guys yeah. in like 15, 16. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of guys that chewed up equity because it was $35,000 a year to run a combine. Right. And then they got to that end of that three-year thing, and they're like, okay, cool, so I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, no, actually, you're, you're at zero now. Yeah. Right? You're back to zero. Now, guys that were in a position where they had some equity, but they were kind of break-even, you know, they were, they were maybe underwater a little bit, but maybe right on top, leasing was a freaking gift from God. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because they had an opportunity to sit back and be like... If, if they were a little upside down, yeah. they roll that into their lease, it becomes part of the payment, yeah. eh, whatever. And then they get... And my old, my, old, my old thing back then was like, you hedge your corn, hedge your iron. Right. You have three options on a lease. You can release it, you can buy it out, or, when I mean buy it out, I mean like you're going to do a, a principal note, right? right? And the third one is, you can turn it back and be like, let's do this all over again, boys. You know what I mean? Yep. Here's my here's my thirty or fifty thousand dollars for my first payment. Let's let's see what happens again. Exactly. You know, and that was that was that was twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen. Eighteen for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's how that was. And all the finance companies, I don't care who you were, think about how many phone calls when we were working used equipment, you and me. How many phone calls we'd get from some Oh, Some yeah. leasing North, North Alaskan financial yeah. leasing company. Yeah, we're thinking about getting into this finance, ag finance <laughs> thing. And, uh, you know, we'd like to get your business if we could do that. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I mean, you know how many people are doing this right now? Right. I mean, I know, I get it. I mean, there's always a guy that's late to the party, but when you're calling me in 2018 and you're like, hey, I'm really thinking about getting into this ag leasing thing. What's, how's this, what do you think about it? I'm like, it's like you and five hundred p- other people, man. Find a DeLorean, brother. No kidding. Find like, you, a DeLorean. You need to go. You're like you're like uh, where the hell's Doc Brown, dude? You're like you're like Nelson, trying to play <laughs> hair, hair band music in '93. You know what I mean? Like you're just you just sit there <laughs> listening to tapes all day. <laughs> you're just a little bit too late. You know what I mean? So I think there's this. I never in all of our years, <clears throat> and the period of time which we were six inches apart. Never knew that someday this podcast thing would happen and our Nelson discussion <laughs> would appear on it. We're going to have a podcast and like several years in, this whole Nelson discussion will come in and be like, no shit, sign me up, man. <laughs> it's like, you have, you have uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit and then the very next video on, on MTV is After the Rain by Nelson. Right. Total, like... You could not then Soundgarden right after that. Yeah, like, like, eh. was that an old Poison video yeah. or what was that? Yeah. I'm not sure. They're like they're like the guy at the party that is like, you find this guy again? But yeah, dude. But he brought bottles of beer. Like he's gonna give everyone beer right. out of a bottle, right. nonetheless. Right? All right, fine. Nelson can come and play. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we're at. But I think you know you look at all those things that were going on, and now. The leasing thing, because of equity position, this kind of thing, leasing is really not something I even recommend to people. Uh-uh. So it's just one of those well, things. Well, by the time you run a payment, 
and you run a purchase payment. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's about the same. So right. why would you not build equity when you leave? You know, I get exactly. All now, the flip side of that is, what's that look like going to twenty two? I don't think it changes much, but it wouldn't at all surprise me to see a a supply of of combines late twenty two going into twenty three. That we don't see like a huge pileup of combines, but we start seeing like uh, combines are starting to kind of. You nest, do, you do have to bit. wonder about that, just given the substantial amount of new sold, coupled with the lack of a combine problem in the used market, tells you that they're being bought right substantially uh-huh. daily. So, I I could get on board with that. I think you're going to have a. You're going to see the first You're, you're going to have a guy behind the steering wheel problem. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think you'll have... You start seeing the signs of that a little bit. I know me personally. I've traded a lot of 70 and older on S7. All right. Now, the one thing that I can say about this, that I think there might be... Um, there might be some level of, you know what... I, I think that I can get this combine. Say there's a particular combine available today, and then I'm going to order a new combine. I'm going to get this combine that's available today, trade my combine in on this one because I'm going I'm, I'm to max out my, my equity position, and then I'm going to jump into this combine over here, and I'm going to ride that train until my new one comes in in the fall or whatever. i got to go through the spring or whatever. Right. Or I'm going to ride that through all of 22, and in 23 my new one shows up, and lo and behold... The cost of operation to run that that twenty two or that twenty 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 one and twenty two that had hardly any hours on it because they got showed up late in twenty one. Right. My cost of operation, my depreciation is next to nothing because just because of where the market's at. Yeah, but you know I mean? in conjunction with your slight pile up at the uh, end of twenty two, that would defunct that. But I don't think they're. I don't think that the market's going to catch it. Uh, I got you. When I look at my window and I see two combines sitting out there that I don't know who I'm going to sell them to, I'm not worried about that. Right. When I look at my window and I see, you know, what used to be a hedgerow, it doesn't, you know, got... <laughs> I can't see the highway. Yeah, the shadow from the combines killed the hedgerow right. type of thing. That's when I start to worry. When you have a combine section of your right. of your lot, right. that's when you have to worry about that. Because usually the combine section is like those auction videos you see where there's like... To the horizon point, there's just like this long line of combines. And they're exactly. like, this is going to be a good sell. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> right. It's not going to be a good sell. If you're sell. buying a combine, it is. I mean, yeah, not... if you wait, if you don't, don't be the first one to buy a combine. Right. Wait till like the 7th or 8th or 10th yeah. combine and then jump in. You're going to get a deal. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Because the first five that go are the ones everybody wants anyway. They've got the whatever and they've got the hours and they've got this and those are the ones people came to show up for. It's the next 15 that are like, eh, I mean, I guess I'm here. Yeah, if you can fold the bin down and not push a button, right. there's a deal for you today. Right. And I think that's what that 2022, you and I will have a conversation in December of 22 that I think goes around. You know, I'm starting to see a few combines piling up a little bit here and there. First of all, you have more faith in our friendship than I do because that's a year from now. Anything <laughs> could happen. <laughs> Second of all, 
I hate to say this because I exist on this earth for the last decade because of used combines. I hate to say it. I hope you're right. I do. Because that's my wheelhouse. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think we're going to I see. can totally see it just due to front lines every day yep. and knowing what's gone from us. What through the years is a problem and what through this year is not even here. Right. Yeah, things are things are awry, if you will. Yeah. And I think that specifically, and I think part of it might be the panic stuff, I don't know, but I think that specifically is why your point would work, but I just don't think, and keep in mind, I was one of those guys that's like, oh hell, 18 months, we'll have shit piled up, this will be over with, and then everybody got me on the three-year kick. If that's the case, and knowing where manufacturers are at almost day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis, I don't see that happening. Stop. I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying about a pileup. I'm not talking like full-blown. No, I know. Right. Five-alarm fire. I'm talking like there's there's two combines out there that we don't know what we're going to do with. Right. That's No, I know. I get it. This is like the... uh, this is like, you know, that like that precursor to the any zombie movie. Like, one guy gets it, and then the next guy gets it, and then oh, before you know it, there's there's seven or eight guys running around right. trying to, like, eat your brains, right? That's what I'm talking about. It's like, we're going to have that conversation. I'm like, I don't know, dude. There's there's a few comments out there. The minute that you don't you have comments that you don't have buyers for, whether it's one or a hundred, they're like rabbits, dude. They multiply quick. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're talking like feral pigs, right? I mean, like, there were five, and all of a sudden there's 25, and we just went to sleep. Well, and it's one of those, One, it, it also becomes a math problem of there's a buyer for everything. What's the number? Right. If those start to slightly stack, they're... They fall. Yeah. They fall quick. They fall hard. Yep. And I think, and that—that's what I think. That when it comments. Man, now I feel things. like we're on the podcast again. <laughs> Talk about values falling. Not well. Look what up. Look one up on the internet, and I'll give you ten plus percent. So the I other think, dealer. I think going it. into end of twenty three, out of twenty two, going into twenty three, at the end of twenty two or twenty three, you and I will be having a conversation about combines. That is like, you know what, man? I'm really starting to feel some pressure on combines. I get it. I could see I could see it either way. I really and, could. And I, Cause I don't think com, I, I think a combine. If I disagreed with you, we'd have nothing to talk about. Exactly, especially when it comes to just the sheer price of, of equipment these days. Right. Right. I mean, you're oh, talking. It's just. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna start talking about some used combines that are gonna be hitting the five hundred thousand dollar mark. You know. You I mean? can buy a hell of a good machine for what your down payment is on some things, man. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, so you start looking at that perspective. Now, guys are going to talk to start looking at how many how many acres do I need to have to get a four hundred and fifty thousand dollars used combine? Yeah, you know what I mean. I couldn't afford a new four hundred fifty thousand dollars combine when they cost that much new, farming the same number of acres. Now, I'm like, how, how am I going to make that work? On I mean, it's the same it's the same map problem, right? Right. It all comes it all comes back down to those things. So, 
I don't know. A lot of stuff that we talk about in here is, is sheer speculation. But to me, I think 22, we see a, a, a normalizing combine marketplace. Going into 23, we start talking about, I don't know, these, these, these combines, are, I think we have to start watching them, you know. The only thing I will say is this. We're about 30 minutes into a podcast that combines weren't going to be mentioned. And here we are. For the last 15 minutes. <laughs> At least I was going to go with 20, yeah. but... Right on. It is what it is. Good stuff. Well, that's get, the world, man. That's how we. That's how we roll, baby. If if it honestly, if it wasn't for combine problems, there would not be a used equipment dude comp- segment of the business. Yeah, combines held in the regard it is. Combines in the equipment business, they are the OPEC of the equipment business. Yeah, they dictate everything that happens. Absolutely, with, with, with that business, right? OPEC and oil. Combines in the equipment business, man. Yep. Right? Because that is that everything hinges on what combines do. Absolutely. It's it's it is if a combine value starts to to shrink, tell me the last time that in twenty twelve or thirteen, fourteen, anything like that, row crop tractors, you can sell row crop tractor about any time, right? When combines cratered and planters followed right behind them, wasn't that much longer that we were taking a look at eight, yeah, whatever they were at the time, eight three sixty Rs and yeah. three eighty five Magnums and those dumping kind of things. Them things, and we were dumping man. them as fast as we could. Oh, think of the think of the thousand to twenty five hundred hour three sixties dumped. Yeah, dumped, lost money. Yeah, get rid of the damn thing. Yep. Uh don't trade for any three sixty. And everybody forgets that. <laughs> they always forget that every time we talk about this. They all forget. About oh. It. Yeah. The craziest thing. So it is. It is trading uh, eight R's for choppers just to yeah, get rid of them. Just to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yep. Whew. The only thing we never did trade for was a cod picker. Right. And we were close once. You and I were really close oh, yeah. one time. Like we got this guy. If you did this, you got this other guy. What know. was it? It was either it was either a CS and we a, wanted a CP. It was a CP six ninety. And we wanted a CS. And we wanted a CS because, because we had a guy. Uh-huh. We had a guy in Kansas that was going to buy. Right. I was going to buy that. And if he did, <coughs> Kansas Western Cotton, right? Is stripper cotton, right? Yeah, we had to have this. And my old adage was, never trust a stripper. There you go. Of any kind. So, That's why we didn't buy it. That's exactly right. All right. And here we are, cotton pickerless. <laughs> it's not all a bad thing. All right. We're not picking, but we are grinning. I feel like that's a good place to jump off, Aaron. People want to get out to you, talk about what's going on. What's the best way to do it? Uh, give me a call or text, 308-760-1193. I am also, time to time, active on the Twitterverse, at Aaron. At Aaron Fentel, A-A-Ron, first name. And uh, one of them should suffice, my good man. Yep. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest distance of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to movingironllc.com. Look for more information soon to come about the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. That's going to be September 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Hilton downtown there in Nashville, right off the Strip. All colors. All colors. All colors. I don't care what color you are. I'm colorblind. Come on out. Come on out and have a good time. So check that out. And uh, check that out. You're going to see a lot of good stuff there. I'll get some speakers out here before too long, get that stuff lined up. But 
it's a great place to come and go. Aaron's been to the very first one before moving on. Summit was a thing. It was just a gathering. It was a gathering. Yep. It was like a, yeah, it was a gathering. There were like 10 dealers in there. Yep. And that was about it. No, so, it was bigger. Even the first one was bigger than that. Eh, it wasn't much bigger than that. There was like 22 people in the room. Man, really? Yeah. Huh. Yep. Spaced out, I guess. Yep. We filled the room. We, yeah, we did. <laughs> Absolutely. So make sure you check that out. I'll have more information about hotel rooms and those kind of things. So with that, I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody listening to this podcast. It's been a great run. Um, thanks for your support over the years. And uh, I, I, I truly am humbled by the, the, the number of people that listen to this podcast. So uh, it's blown my mind from what it would what it was going to be what I thought it was going to be and what it's turned into. And I couldn't have done it without people like Aaron and Sean Haggett, Chip Nelger, Rich Boston. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Tanner Emke. I mean, it's just, there's a million people that have been a part of that. I want to thank Exxon Tire and, and Valley and all the people that have been a part of this podcast from, for a very long time. Dawson Tire, all those people like that, that have been a part of this podcast forever. And, uh, I couldn't do it without you guys, so I appreciate all your support and help. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennel. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley has over 33 years in the trucking business, moving ag and construction equipment across the country. For more information, go to valleytransinc.com or give Parker a call at 800-657-4910. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here